Welcome to day 166 of Shaped by the Word. We're in our third season together, and our third season has been a journey through the prophets. Uh, we find ourselves uh, in the middle of uh, Jeremiah's prophecy, and uh, Jeremiah's had a very hard duty. He's found himself in, in the city of Jerusalem where no one is hearing the message. Uh, Israel has been experiencing a time of you know, unprecedented prosperity, and uh, of course the people around them uh, around him, I think that uh, uh, well, their their prophets are telling them it would be a time of peace and time of prosperity, and they love listening to those prophets rather than listening to uh, you know Jeremiah, and so uh, it has been tough for him. Jeremiah has come to a place of despondency, and you see again as we go into chapter sixteen that the people you know are more quick you know to. Uh, blame God rather than to look at themselves. So we continue in some of the themes that we've found. We will get to Jeremiah 29 and 30 through 33, where we see, you know, the hope restored. We'll get a glimpse of hope in this passage uh, as well. Uh, but right now we're just hearing the pronouncements of the judgment and the impending doom and, and a, a call even in the judgment to humble yourself before the Lord and understand that the judgment is, is is what we deserve, not the grace. As far as the covenant goes, God has been faithful. We are the ones you know, that have been unfaithful. So we come to uh, Jeremiah 16 before we read. I'm Paul here with David, Matt, and that's not Katie, that's Cindy <laughs> over there. I kind of know her. Uh, before we uh, read, we always pause and uh, we, we we do something special every time we come you know, to the Word. We enter God's presence to hear the voice of God through the Spirit of God and to be transformed and shaped by His Word. So, Matt, would you uh, lead us as we uh, prepare ourselves to read God's Word? Yeah. Father, we, we do ask that um, you would soften our hearts to hear what you have to hear, to say to us, and, um, and we would receive uh, your Word to us. Father, we Thank you that you are a God who is at work in us and through us um, to accomplish your purposes. And so, Father, we ask that, that in this time uh, you would meet with us, uh, you would shape us through your word, you would continue to speak to us. Thank you for um, the full counsel of your word that, that uh, reminds us of um, who you are, what, what you've done in Christ Jesus, and, um, and all that you're continuing to do. Uh, Father, help us to respond appropriately to you and, and however you see fit. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Jeremiah 16. Then the word of the Lord came to me. You must not marry and have sons or daughters in this place, for this is what the Lord says about the sons and daughters born in the land and about the women who are their mothers and the men who are their fathers. They will die of deadly diseases. They will not be mourned or buried, but will be like dung lying on the ground. They'll perish by sword and famine, and their dead bodies will become food for the birds and the wild animals. For this is what the Lord says, Do not enter a house where there is a funeral meal. Do not go uh, to mourn or show sympathy, because I have withdrawn my blessing, my love, and my pity from this people, declares the Lord. Both high and low will die in the land. They'll not be buried or mourned. And no one will cut themselves or shave their heads for the dead. No one will offer food to comfort those who mourn for the dead, not even for a father or a mother, nor will anyone give them a drink to console them. And do not enter a house where there is feasting and sit down to eat and drink. For this is what the Lord Almighty says, the God of Israel. Before your eyes and in your day, I'll bring an end to the sounds of joy and gladness and to the voices of bride and bridegroom in this place. When you tell these people all this and they ask you, why has the Lord decreed such a disaster against us? 
What wrong have we done? What sin have we committed against the Lord our God? Then say to them, It is because your ancestors forsook me, declares the Lord, and followed other gods and served and worshipped them. They forsook me and did not keep my law. But you have behaved more wickedly than your ancestors. See how all of you are following the stubbornness of your evil hearts instead of obeying me. So I'll throw you out of this land into a land neither you nor your ancestors have known, and there you will serve other gods day and night. For I'll show you no favor. However, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when it will no longer be said as surely as the Lord lives who brought the Israelites up out of Egypt. But it will be said as surely as the Lord lives who brought the Israelites up out of the land of the north and out of all the countries where he had banished them. For I restore them to the land that I gave their ancestors. But now I will send for many fishermen, declare, fishermen, declare the Lord, and they will catch them. After that, I will send for many hunters, and they will hunt them down on every mountain and hill and from the crevices of the rock. My eyes are on all their ways. They are not hidden from me, neither is their sin concealed from my eyes. I will repay them double for their wickedness and their sin because they have defiled my land and the lifeless forms of, with the lifeless forms of their vile images, and they have filled my inheritance with their detestable idols. Lord, my strength and my fortress, my refuge in times of distress, to you and the nations will come from the ends of the earth and say, Our ancestors possessed nothing but false gods, worthless idols that did them no good. The people make their own gods? Yes, but they're not gods. Therefore, I will teach them. This time I will teach them my power and my might. Then they will know that my name is the Lord. And, of course, you see, finally, you know, in, in this you know, statement, uh, you know, the Lord's purpose in all of this, to teach mm-hmm. them to know who he is. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, not only to fear him, but to walk in humility, you know, before him as well. And so both in judgment and kindness and grace and blessing and encouraging, you know, God is, God is working, you know, together, you know, for the good of his people, uh, you know, for their joy and for his, his, his glory. Uh, but it's a hard path we often take, and we often take a hard path, you know, because of our sin. Mm-hmm. We get that theme of Exodus showing up again. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. looking forward to a greater Exodus. He says in verse mm-hmm. 14, however the days are coming, declares the Lord, when it will no longer be said, as surely as the Lord lives, who brought the Israelites out of Egypt, but it will be said, as surely as the Lord lives, who brought the Israelites up out of the land of the north and out of all the countries. You know, that mm-hmm. the prophets begin to anticipate this this second Exodus, this greater Exodus, you know, where God will bring his people out of out of the land or you know, out of slavery. And of course, now for us in the light of Jesus, we know what they were pointing towards. You know, we do have a greater exodus in Christ. Now we have, you know, there, there's two pictures in the Old Testament, you know, of God's, you know, uh, you know, of God's great salvation. One is how he powerfully worked to bring the children of Israel out, you know, of uh, their bondage in Egypt. Uh, then you come, you know, to, uh, you know, the prophets or the latter, you know, section of the Old Testament. And the people are under God's judgment, so they go into exile, if you would, back into slavery. Mm-hmm. And this time, they're bought, you know, back from the exile. And so, when you hear uh, that word in the New Testament, when Peter talks about us as foreigners and exiles, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's talking about you know the state that we are in, you know, scattered in the world, you know, separated, you know, from the ultimate, you know, hope of God, and we're looking forward to the one day mm-hmm. uh, when we'll be brought back. And of course. Uh, that that's both a future thing and a, and a present thing. We've already been brought back from the exile. But the new uh, the New Testament will begin, or the Old Testament will end, with the people coming back to the land, 
but uh, their prosperity not being restored, or not not really their prosperity, but so much their their walk with God not being restored. Mm -hmm. So they're still in exile 400 years later, you know, when Christ shows up on the scene. And there's that line where you know, he tells him at the beginning, which is kind of interesting because later on in, in Jeremiah, you know, he does talk about your sons and your daughters and, and marrying in the land and seeking the prosperity mm -hmm. of the welfare of the city, um, <laughs> praying for the city, you know, being a, a presence uh, of the Lord among the people as exiles. And, and then, but here though, he tells him, you know, do not marry, do not have your sons and daughters, you know, get married in this mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. But we know we are invited into that, um, to, to dwell in the land as exiles, to seek its good, um, in the name of the Lord. Yeah. There's a, there's going to be a period of time between when they settle on the land and when they finally, uh, you know, and, and where we find ourselves here, you know, he's already said that, uh, some will be appointed to death. Some will be appointed to the sword. Some will be appointed to salvation. Some will be appointed to captivity. Mm -hmm. And so this is very, you know, similar, you know, to when Paul is talking about the latter days, you know, that one, you know, should think, you know, twice about being married because of the, the pressure of those days and ugliness, uh, you know, of those days. And, and this is, you know, God, Speaking, you know, as, as a foreshadowing, you know, to, uh, you know, Jeremiah, don't marry and have kids because it's not going to go well for those kids. Mm -hmm. Don't go to a mm -hmm. funeral and, and don't go to a feast. In other words, uh, you know, the things that are part of part of the, you know, just the rhythms, you know, of, of living in the land are no longer you know, going to be available. We won't have time to mourn and we won't have time, you know, to rejoice. Uh, and, and so you have the, you have both of these things. They're happening. This is how impending the judgment is and how severe it is. And the prophets, like, it just kind of this little thread that just keeps, it's always there. It just seems to always be popping up is just the way they talk about idols and the emptiness and the lifelessness of mm -hmm. them and, and how they're just made by humans and, you know, they're not really gods. And it is just one of those interesting themes that as the people are always being confronted, it is often because of their idolatry and the way that the prophets speak of idols make them seem so silly. And yet we seem to continually go after them time and time again, rather than God. And so that's just one of those interesting themes that seems to keep popping up over and over throughout Jeremiah. Mm -hmm. And as we think about, I mean, we've talked about this a lot, but you think about idols and, and seeing their idols and, and we tend to say, Oh, I don't make the idols that they make, or I don't mm -hmm. commit the sins that they commit. And, and I'm sure in verse 12, you know, but you have behaved more wickedly than your ancestors. See how um, all of you are following the stubbornness of your mm -hmm. evil hearts instead of obeying me. You know, it's really easy to kind of identify the sins of, mm -hmm. you know, maybe our ancestors or our parents and, you know, oh, yeah, they, whatever it may be. And to think that we've, mm -hmm. What is it? Uh, C.S. Lewis calls it chronological snobbery that we get better as time goes on. That's exactly what C.S. Lewis calls it. <laughs> <laughs> we get better and better and better. No, as time goes we, on. we think we're a better people, a more sophisticated yeah. people. We have a you know a deeper knowledge, but uh, uh, you know our idols you know have just you know just changed forms. Yeah. And, and of course, you hear the critique of you know their idols and how silly they can sound. Uh, you can just imagine, you know, if God offered his critique of, you know, the things we get excited mm -hmm. about, I was about to make a list, but that would be way too convicting, uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, as we do it, the things that grab our affections, uh, mm -hmm. the things that stir us, that move us, you know, that possess us, we find our identity and, uh, you know, that 
Mm-hmm. I almost went into the list again. Uh, you know, <laughs> Glowing rectangles in our hands. Yeah. You know, I don't know what that was, but anyway. <laughs> I don't have one of those. <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. uh, our, you know, God's pronouncement of our idols would be they're, they're just as silly, but we love them so much. Mm-hmm. And so we're much. so deeply attached to them. It's just, you know, and, and the best picture of that, you know, is, you know, Jacob and Esau where he trades the inheritance you know, of, 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 of God for a bowl of beans. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the things that we settle for are even less impressive than that. Mm. So convicting. Father, we thank you for a week in your word. We thank you uh, for just a reminder that there's such silly things that we chase after, mm-hmm. such silly things that capture our hearts, and such silly things that we find our identity in. Uh, we pray, Father, that we uh, would have eyes to see and ears to hear uh, the beauty, the majesty, and the grace that you give us. Uh, we thank you for your glory. We thank you that in it we find our joy. And, and may we seek our joy in you. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.